0: I'm pretty sure that in the gym, uh, that song goes to, mm-hmm. uh, song's character, uh, Hey
1: Joe? De Deho. Yeah. Um,
0: Correct.
1: I knew I had to have one character name on deck.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that was the one. That's the important one. I, uh, most uh, yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, Deho. Um, and uh, anyway, he goes to the gym where the wrestling occurs. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there's a giant picture of Ricky Dozan in the back. Um, and if you're not familiar with Ricky Dozan, um, think Hulk Hogan, but in... Asia.
1: Oh, okay. Think, okay. Think, big deal.
0: Think Bruno Sammartino. I mean, he's kind of like the godfather of Pereira Su, gotcha. and the strong style and, and all that fun stuff. And so I'm pretty sure that's who there's a big, big image in the back. So there's
2: strong style and hard style? They're the same thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. More or less.
0: Hard okay. style, strong style. Okay. Left side. Strong, strong side. side well, which is really the, the
1: history of uh, of Japanese pro wrestling, like as it's tied up with the history of Japanese mixed martial arts is really fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Tony, or... What's his name? I can't think of his name. I don't
1: know any of the, the big names involved. I just know the
0: Yakuza was involved. He was in Tony, he, he fought Muhammad Ali yeah. one time.
1: I, I know Ken Shamrock. Like I know a lot of the 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 early like American uh, MMA and uh, wrestling guys who ended up in that that era. Uh, like strike Strikeforce uh, and Pride uh, and yeah, all the other promotions, but yeah, it's it's interesting that that, that hard style, uh, strong style, like that. It's a lot of bleed over uh, in between, like actual prize fighting and, and mm-hmm. wrestling uh, in that world.
0: Antonio Noki is the one I'm thinking of. Okay, who's who's kind of another one of the Godfathers of. He's if you're putting together the the Mount Rushmore of Asian Asian wrestlers, he's he's probably second on the Mount. I'm so glad we have he, you uh, on this episode, Arthur. He, I am uh, too. He took off with uh, Muhammad Ali one time in and, and what was supposed to be a. I think a shoot fight and it went went south if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, a lot of legends about uh him. So well, hello
2: again, and welcome to the Good Trash Genrecast, where we gather around table to discuss the films you'll never discuss in film today's course, this is a bit of international cinema that is still good trash cinema. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. Oh, baby. A-
2: as we look at The Foul King. That's right. This
1: is the first entry in uh, the-, the Arthur Gordon orchestrated Song of Praise, in which we will be looking at the filmography of one very good Song Kang-ho. Very exciting. Uh, who Keith and Smith called the, the Tom Hanks of South Korea. Uh, Apt. A very apt, and we're going to get into that with this performance, because yeah. it's, oh, it's so good. It's it early very, Hanks very in
0: ways that I love. Very inspired by Parasite and everything that occurred with that, and apparently, you know, Song was pivotal, I think, to that film where, I mean, a lot of great cast members with Song, uh, and you see it there, the physicality, the facial expressions. It's a great performance all around from Song, and so kind of inspired this idea, and a lot of his stuff streaming. It's easy to find yeah. Prime and Canopy and Hoopla and Netflix, and so plenty of options to find some some Song some uh, Song King Ho. We we
1: had to. There, I'm very impressed by the roster you put together, Arthur. But you had to make some difficult cuts.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the I mean, he's worked with everybody over. I there. mean, he's he's a Denzel. I mean, he's done yeah. that marquee stuff. I mean, he's he's the guy. Uh, one of them anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, but we we've, we've got some uh, movies here from uh, Kim Ji Woon, and uh, we'll do Park Chan Wook, and we're gonna do Bong Joon Ho, and we've got uh, the big three. Yeah. yeah. So we're really gonna get into that Korean new wave, Ooh, I uh, the as they've th- aptly titled th- th- it. Is that what the that, that movements
1: yeah. called? Yeah. I say the big three, the the ones that we know international
0: fame. I think, sure, especially yeah. Park and Bong. Yeah, yeah. oh
1: yeah. You uh, K- K- G- G- until. Well, Lester I saw the X- Devil as well. Is the yeah, other huge. big one huge? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good, Bad, and the Weird is also held in, like pretty high acclaim. And
0: tell Tell Two Sisters, I
1: think. Yeah, he's, what's called? yeah. he's well, and we're going to be talking about his early film today. I was really excited to visit this very early part it's of his the filmography. Second
0: feature, right after the Quiet Family, yeah. which he did in '98, I believe, and mm-hmm. this is 2000. So.
2: So, yeah, we're going to do the thing that we do. We're going to do the same kind of analysis that you are used to here on this show, but we're going to do it with subtitles, Um, and uh, it's going to be a good time. And, again, this movie is very much in that good trash vein. Oh, that, definitely. And, and and we love that about it. Um, Now, in case you're tuning in for the very first time, as i said, we're going to do analysis. That means not review, which means reviews are all about selling you movies and helping you avoid spoilers. We do not care so much about this. However... We will avoid them for the first part of the show. So we'll have synopsis, spoiler free-ish. Uh, then we'll have a thumbs up, thumbs down review, spoiler free-ish. And then we'll expand the syllabus, spoiler a little bit, kind of moderate spoilers. And then finally, uh, we go hard style and uh, we uh, go into full spoiler territory uh, with our analysis. See, I, you, you taught me the word. And you now, did great. And yeah. I, 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 did I do good?
1: Deployed with great, great aplomb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the missus uh, is, has been saying uh, she just learned about the, the expression "turtles all the way down." Uh, what I know, right? But is is very uh, fascinated by it. No, no. no What is turtles all the way down? We'll talk about it later. The okay. listener knows. Uh, never mind. Uh, it's fun to learn a new phrase and then deliberately deploy it uh, in the wrong situations. Oh uh, yeah, is what. Uh, well, I was talking about it. Oh, okay, it's fun. It's fun. You got to do it. Give it a shot.
2: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's hear that synopsis though. At this time, Mr. Arthur Gordon, please. Yeah,
0: the yeah. how moves through his days as something of a loser. He's bad at his job and always crosses his boss, who has one goal humiliate deo on the regular his father sees him as a childish disappointment the girl he likes doesn't acknowledge he exists he just drifts through life trying to find a purpose one night after being humiliated by his boss uh, De Ho is drawn to a professional wrestling gym upon discovery he hopes to begin training with the coach shoes him away when the coach is later pressed to find a dastardly heel to make a rising star look better the coach approaches De Ho to see if he's interested Soon, Deo's ring confidence begins to overflow into his day job, giving him the strength needed to stand up to people. But will he be down for the count, or can he come out a champion?
1: That's Falcon, baby. That's, That's the, the Falcon. King. King.
2: That's Falcon with a U, not a W. It is not about chicken. No, nah, it's about cheating. It's about or che- Falcons. Oh. If we if we run our words together, that'd be cool, though. Yeah, I, the Falcon
1: King. Mm. Uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. That's about Lady, the one, right? The Peanut Butter Falcon. What? Yeah, the show. Lady movie. Falcon. What's lady Falcon, isn't that what Lady it's
0: Bird? No, 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 the one with Michelle Pfeiffer, the lady, lady bird,
1: lady hawk, lady, lady, hawk. lady hawk. I knew there was yeah, a bird yeah. and a lady, the lady involved. I was thinking about my given name, which I gave Lady Bird. Your given name's Lady Bird, yeah. I okay. gave it to me by me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Vote Lady Bird, hell yeah, uh, baby, uh, Lady Bird Johnson. All right, moving right along. Um, so thumbs up, thumbs down, reviews, your initial reactions to The Falcon. I go to you first, Dalton. What do you say? That's a good movie.
1: That's just a good movie, y'all. Uh if you have not picked up from Arthur's synopsis, and we'll probably like get into this later on in the show, this is an extremely uh twenty first century, late twentieth, early twenty-first century movie. Uh it comes out in the year two thousand over in South Korea, and it is very much in the same movement, it feels like as a lot of the nineteen ninety nine American cinemas we're all so high on, uh, that we discussed early on in the show. Uh way, 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 way back when I was a much worse person. I can't recommend you listen to those episodes. Uh but it is a very much of a piece with, with your fight clubs, your office of space, your American's beauty. Uh but it is just doing so much more. It, it's just got a charm to I mean, it office space is probably the most apt comparison in terms of dealing with this like uh late capitalism malaise. Uh it's through comedy, through uh just just sheer tomfoolery. Um, it's probably the cleanest comparison, but there really isn't anything over in our world, uh, of Hollywood cinema, even indie cinema that kind of can r- really prepare you for the Falcon, I-, I guess, maybe, uh, office space with more of the art of self-defense, but not that much. Uh, it-, it is kind of a-, a singular film from, from Kim Ji-Woon. And it's, it's fun to, again, we, we talked about his film uh, that he did with Schwarzenegger, The Last Stand a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, but this is the only the second film of his I've seen. I've been putting off, uh, I saw the devil for years cause it's long and gross, uh, by all accounts, uh, and also quite good. And this film has got me very excited to check that one out because yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this. Uh, Kang Ho is, is doing just really outstanding, uh, comedic, dramatic acting. Like he, he threads that needle. And again, if you've seen Parasite, you know this about him. But his his ability to just do comedy and drama, like to really bring pathos to every scene, regardless of the tone, is is just really kind of impeccable. Uh, and seeing him as a, as a young man in this performance is just a ton of fun. Seeing him in a, just a, a different lens, because again, I, I'm more familiar with his later work. That's you know been uh, whether it's Snowpiercer or Parasite, you know those those later American uh, or English language features, uh, where he's kind of an established quantity as a movie star. Uh, here he, he is, you know. It's, again, I kept thinking of Joe versus the volcano, or and other early Tom Hanks films, and in, in terms of that, that every guy sensibility and what you do as a, a younger actor with that that every, every every person average Joe type sensibility. Um, the the thing that really struck me about this, and I, I think is probably where I'll leave my review, other than just stylistically how. Great every sequence as what, well. and again the wrestling is all very good looking. But I mean, scenes of dialogue, scenes of uh, strolls through the through the streets are shot with as much care uh, and as much of a, a delicate eye as as the wrestling stuff, which is really cool. Uh, but the thing that I, I really appreciated is uh, as you have in- as Arthur told you in the synopsis, and as you may have guessed from the fact that he's uh, uh, pining after someone who doesn't know that he exists, Deho the character is. A big old loser. Uh, and the movie knows that. And that's something that a lot of films that are dealing with uh, similar themes uh, in America, when we, we make a character like De Ho, we don't always uh, write them as uh, irritating. <laughs> we, we give them a lot more likability. Uh, and while Song Kang Ho is extremely likable in this performance, I think within the, the actual confines of the, the text, it, it lets his, his behavior kind of be known, his, his more... Uh, slacker tendencies, I, I guess, is, is probably the, the his nice guy tendencies. Maybe another way to phrase it. Uh, it, it sees those for what they are uh, and recognizes those are things that this character needs to grow out of to become a better person. Uh, and, and you know, the films that we ref- I referenced, uh, Your Office Space, is an American's Beauty. Well, they don't always get that far, uh, right. and, and I think that the Foul King does. And again, in the year two thousand, uh, it was already like just ahead of the curve. Uh, in terms of dealing with the same themes and really getting a lot more like uh, human realism out of it through more silliness, which sometimes you got to be silly to get to the truth. Uh, big fan of this movie, y'all. Very cool, very cool. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton
2: Stewart. Mr. Arthur Gordon, do you like The Falking? Why or why not?
0: Yeah, I like it. I, I love professional wrestling. Um, this is probably the second best uh, movie about professional wrestling. Um, and the wrestling stuff itself... Uh, is very well done, not not just from a in story point, but the actual care of what the training looks like and those elements. Um, I know Dalton double dipped with uh, fight, fighting with my family. I did, yeah, um, which I also really enjoy. But there's still this kind of unnatural element to the wrestling in that. Like, there's a moment where uh, the girls like do this like climactic dive through the ropes, and then like the match kind of ends, and they're all smiling on the ground, which doesn't make sense. Like, and there's like a logic thing for me, like having watched this for so long, like to like kind of turn it off with that. Uh, but here, there's so much care, I think, with that. And even with the progression of the matches, like a lot of times in, in film, wrestling is treated as as a joke. And so there's like a lot of very, un, quote-unquote, unrealistic moves for a wrestling match in a film where wrestlers aren't doing things that they would normally do in a match. But this is very laid out in the way that wrestling would be laid out I think. Yeah, and this it,
1: film understands the structure of a wrestling. It's yeah.
0: got yeah, good wrestling choreography for yeah. sure.
1: But, but again, outside of that, as Arthur's saying it understands like the the narrative peaks the psychology and flows. of wrestling. Bingo. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and that's very key and I think that's what makes this uh, and second I think to to the wrestler obviously is the other one I'm referencing mm. um which is I think the the pinnacle of it and Two drastically different movies, but I think the, they both handled that element with great care. Um, so I, I really do like it quite a bit. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the subplot with the bank, the banker, his boss, and his friend, and, and Mrs. Joe. I, I kind of get the unrequited love, but it it just feels like a lot of stuff that's unnecessary, that kind of drags that the main narrative down. I'm glad you brought this up,
1: Arthur. Yeah, like, even more than uh, the, the unrequited love stuff, the the goings-on at the bank are very unclear, and I don't know if that's a, a nuance of the subtitle translation or there's yeah. just, like, cultural stuff that we're not picking up and on. that
0: may be part of it. Yeah,
1: but I'm right there with you, man. I had no idea what that was about. It, and, it, like, it just kind of ends. There's not really a resolution yeah, to
0: that plot. And it's kind of wandering, and I know, I, I mentioned off air, I watched The Quiet Family, which is his previous work, mm-hmm. Kim, um, Kim Ji-Woon's. Um, and it, it felt kind of the same way. It kind of gets a little meandering at times. And, and this feels a little unfocused as well in that regard. But yeah. I think, every, I mean, if you had cut that, just that core element of him watching through life kind of without a purpose, becoming a wrestler, and then that natural conclusion that that, that art takes, I, I mean, I think this is... A gr- I mean I think and it elevates it to, to a higher plane Or if he does I mean I think the interactions With his boss are fine Like when mm. he's Chatting with his friends And the boss tries to one up him again And then he just tickles him Yeah it's great Which is a great moment um I think that's that's fine but the whole side plot with the friend is just
1: Yeah his friend's like being pressured into like signing off on like some, some like, super shady yeah, crime some real deal stuff. Yeah right. but it like it, his buddy just kind of disappears from the movie and it yeah. does feel like a moment to like show you the boss's like villainy mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. I'm
0: invested in a who's buddy at this yeah. point. I want to know what's think going on there. Yeah. Um and so uh, and there's also this thing where it feels like there's kind of this absurdist magical realism in the first half of the film mm-hmm. like uh when he goes to to see his karate friend, the Taekwondo friend, who's like teaching him how to get out of a headlock, oh, and you just kick. Yeah, he just you kick. just kick. It's a great, it's a great. Well, a real well, fighter doesn't ever get
1: caught in a headlock. Well, I
2: tell yeah. you it's a good joke on Taekwondo because that's all you do in Taekwondo yeah. Yeah. is just
0: you kick. That's, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's this very absurd nature to that that bit, mm-hmm. uh, and then the moments when he's walking through the street and the lights just kind of come on. There's this kind of magical element to it mm-hmm. when he's signaled to the the gym, mm-hmm. and it finally feels like it's dropped after he actually goes into wrestling, and. and it, it becomes a little more straightforward after the dream sequence. I would say, sure. I think everything after that dream sequence feels a little You're more not straightforward.
1: Wrong. Yeah, it's like all the wrestling within the film, like kind of like assumes the magical
0: realism, and now the magic yeah. just
2: exists in the ring, well, he's which turned into cool. a fantasy re- reality. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, world, sure. right? so, so it feels like maybe some just odd tonal shifts that don't quite land mm-hmm. as well as you would hope. Um, but other than that, I mean, just we're here for song, um, and, and his performance is just top notch. We talked about you know the physicality of what he's doing. I took a wrestling class one time. I remember that. And, and the next day it felt like I'd been hit by a truck. So that moment when he's just walking around the office, wincing with every little movement f- is very accurate, right? And, and just that performance when he's doing uh, squats to go up the stairs uh, is, is great. Uh just all of the kind of beats outside of the ring as well as in, you know, we, we kind of find out that song does a lot of his own stunts when he's wrestling. Um, but also just that external, it feels very Chaplin or Keaton or, or like you say, Tom Hanks. I, I uh, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I really dig it. I, I think it's just a, a really fun sports movie that you don't really yeah. see mm-hmm. in this realm. It's, Handled with a great care, and I really appreciate that about it.
1: Speaking of Chaplin, uh, I don't know if uh, anybody else caught this, but the uh, his his buddy, who's going to be his tag team partner, who gets knocked unconscious the yep. day of the match, the uh, construction worker whose uh, head of his hammer falls off, Chaplin mustache. Huh, this right. movie knows oh, what it's yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. movie knows what's up. For it, sure, knows for what, sure. it knows exactly what it's doing. Yep, for sure, for sure. All right, Dustin, what do you think?
2: Oh, I like it a lot, guys. I mean, okay, so you want to take the seriousness of an industry and uh, the sort of, you know... Uh, Class malaise of a movie like Aronofsky's *The Wrestler*, and then combine it with the amount of humor—not the amount of humor, but the the kind of humor that you find in *Nacho Libre*—and make that into a movie. I'm there for this. I it 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 really is a hilarious, hysterical, funny movie that's also you know dealing with some. For significant cultural issues, and so um, that's a lot of fun. We've already talked about the performances being great, the cinematography is fantastic. You give me some slow motion photography and wrestling moves, mm. sold. so cool! Yeah. yeah, 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 and also the needle drops of various and sundry weird forms of Korean
1: pop music. The, the South Korean ska that we get in this kicks so much ass. Yeah. Yeah. There's a
0: song that drops, I was going to text you guys, and it's late in the film. But it's a real heavy crooner. It sounds, mm. yes. Uh, South, South Korean like, Tom uh, Waits? Yeah. I was going to say South Korean uh, uh, Randy Newman. Okay, are uh, right. not wrong. That's what I got. I heard out Tom of it. Waits, but yeah, yeah, I hear Randy too. So uh, yeah. yeah, great music in this movie.
1: Yeah,
2: and, and I mean it's, the score is as well as just score top is notch, solid. Yeah, so all the way around, performances are fantastic. And uh again, there's uh, these other really significant kind of tensions uh that are at work there. And um, you know, Song Kang Ho is a great performer. He does a thing though. You know, you, we we talked about him as a, this Korean Tom Hanks, and I think he's going to get there. But at this point, he's not quite there yet. He's doing different things, sure. And it, it feels. A little Richard Gere to me And And there's a thing Okay so Richard Gere Does this weird thing So Check this out Watch a Richard Gere movie And see the way In which the, The sort of Quiet soft moments He acts by blinking Is what Richard Gere does Yeah And uh uh, Song Kang Ho does this downcast eye thing. That's almost the exact same kind of beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he, like, equals the Richard Gere blink for me. Yeah, and he uh, sort of just learned a really good trick, and yeah. he's mm. he's relying on it a lot in this movie in the dramatic parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and and so I'm. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm. Ooh. It's
1: an action. Sure, You, you sure, learned sure. a good trick. Yeah, he's he's a young man still. He's you know early in the game. I I, I go with Hanks because even here, uh, he's doing a thing that I think Hanks is doing early in his career, and it, it is leaning on his like just his his pure charisma mm-hmm. and like ability to sell a joke. He's leaning on that in a way that does kind of like bolster those dramatic moments for me. And uh, I don't know he he does this thing that Hanks does where he's like. He plays defeated very well in a way that like shows you that he cannot be fully defeated. Right, like, he he is uh, indefatigable. He he cannot be beaten. But in the moment, he sells like, oh, man, he sells the aw shucks of defeat so well in, in a way that reminds me of like Joe versus the Bowed Volcano. Bowed but unbroken. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, love it. Very,
2: very solid all the way around and enjoyed this movie thoroughly and I'm looking forward to further discussion. In fact, let's move on to some further discussion and talk about how we might expand the syllabus with this particular film. I go to you first, Arthur. What class are you teaching? Uh, again, uh, I, I, have to, I forgot my preamble. This section of the show called Expanding the Syllabus is one in which we imagine, fantasize a film studies class or other kind of class in which we use this film as part of a module. And then we say what we're going to augment or appendicize uh, this film with other readings or watchings. Go, Arthur, go.
0: Yeah, this lecture is going to be called For the Dreamers. Uh, we're going to look at uh, some Lacan and some uh, Christian Metz. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about spectatorship and fantasy and... Uh, conscious self and all that fun stuff Uh, and doing that uh, we're going to really look at the meta narrative regarding diegetical dreams and fantasy uh, and our relationship with storytelling and the stories within stories Mm. and that whole kind of circular element that plays into spectatorship and and film Uh, and so with that obviously I think I would go with um, uh, The Foul King. Uh, I also want to go back to uh, the remake of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty starring Ben Stiller uh, which feels kind of at one with this in a lot of ways, kind of corporate malaise type thing, mm. and this kind of loser trying to aspire to do something great with his life. Um, and he has these kind of constant daydreams and fantasies to work through. Uh, from there, I want to go to the, the father-son thing. I want to look at Big Fish, Tim Burton's Big Fish. Yeah. And that element of storytelling and how that helps us cope and and live and, and uh, form relationships or deeper relationships in, in some ways. Uh, and then finally I'm going to end with Joe versus the Volcano uh nice. which I think is the a nice uh, culmination and, and ending place for uh for this lecture we'd probably just watch some clips maybe watch some full movies cuz um, i think there's a lot of good takeaways from these these films uh and and that's the 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 course i would teach
1: nice very cool very cool okay Dalton what class are you teaching we're going to be talking about some pro wrestling y'all Let's uh, do it. we got to uh there's just not that many movies about pro more than you would think but there's not that many what ready the ones. yeah there's a couple no Hold
0: bard yeah oof.
1: there's okay there's quite a few there's not that many good ones uh and i think the ones that are pretty good uh to great uh, really offer us something about about professional wrestling because uh, we were talking about this off air uh professional wrestling is like one of the only things that like North America has that kind of like matches the dramatic stakes uh, and tonal levels of, of anime and manga. Um, It it just, it understands like the, the appeal of that larger than life uh, Shakespearean uh, drama through like goofy sensibilities. It really does just kind of understand uh, a part of the human psyche in the way that like, I think few forms of entertainment do. And I'm not, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, uh, but I love a lot of people who are, uh, and I like, uh, appreciating pro wrestling through the eyes of people who follow it very closely um but i have seen quite a few wrestling films and we're going to watch them all uh but i think a big part of this class is going to be talking about the history of pro wrestling and and folk wrestling and and where the line between entertainment and violence starts and stops because you know the we do forget we we talk about it being uh fake uh which is it's fixed not fake uh, but we, we talk about that a lot when we talk about pro wrestling. I think it's interesting to examine the shared roots uh, of like prize fighting and pro wrestling, uh, yeah. you know, as, as far as like catch, uh, catch wrestling and folk wrestling. I mean, all of that stuff goes into uh, Olympic wrestling and professional grappling and mixed martial arts. You
2: keep saying the word folk wrestling. I don't know what that means. So
1: folk wrestling. I'm glad you asked, Dustin. Uh, folk wrestling is basically everybody's wrestling. Uh, so wrestling, it comes from. Like all combat disciplines throughout the world, uh, ha- has a, a mini branched lineage. Oh, I see. Whether okay. it's jujitsu and judo, just, just or various Russian kinds wrestling, of grappling, yeah. uh, martial arts, Roman. Yeah. Gotcha. Greco-Roman, uh, you know, English-style collar uh, wrestling, uh, just dirty boxing, uh, just the, all of these things kind of like are grappling and fit within the the, the umbrella of folk wrestling. Ten four. Okay, yeah, sorry. It's, Thank it's, you. No, no problem. Happy to elucidate. Yeah, it is kind of tied uh, to uh, vaudeville. Uh, and performance in a a really interesting way. And I think these are going to be things that are important to examine in a class like this. Uh, The other thing that's going to be important, speaking of classes, is the fucking class. Uh, You know who likes pro wrestling? Working peoples, Mm -hmm. uh, middle class folk uh not not a lot of rich folk at pro wrestling despite the massive massive and massive amounts of money that it generates uh and despite the fact that some people involved in pro wrestling find themselves in position of government that's kind of weird but neither here nor there, there right now there is a pro wrestling hall of famer in the white house uh, well there you go uh and uh, there's there's make man money uh, up in that up in that stuff but mm-hmm. I, I think this is all very important and weird and interesting stuff that we've got to think about so obviously yeah. we'll be watching the falcon king talking about the economic conditions uh, of that story and that world and that time and place. Uh, and of course, as Arthur's mentioned, we got to talk about Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler, which does get into the physical, financial, and psychological toll of being a career wrestler, uh, especially one that you know doesn't get a job at the announcer's table. Right? Yeah. That's the retirement gig for a lot of people, and a lot of people don't get that gig. We've got to talk about that. I think uh, that's going to lead us very interestingly, um, both in terms of, uh, the, the dirty McMahon money uh, and the narrative that they've built around their brand uh, in terms of career-ending injuries with the wrestler will move to fighting with my family. The story of uh, Paige, told pretty damn well th- uh, yeah. with a great uh, Florence Pugh performance. Yep. But something that film doesn't get into, and I think that this class could explore through using the wrestler, is the fact that Paige, uh, despite being uh, somebody that WWE is very proud of, had her career ended uh, very quickly uh, through mm. injury. Um, and they've been uh, decent enough to make sure she's still employed uh, as a commentator um, through some of their like you know their various secondary stuff yeah uh, uh, their
0: Fox backstage sports story that they do kind of a uh, yeah Booker T's the, the host whatever. of that right yeah and Renee Young and CM yeah. Punk shows up once in a while oh does he yeah oh, good for him I'm glad to hear he's still working too uh,
1: but yeah I mean th- we just listed a bunch of wrestlers who don't wrestle anymore uh, because it hurts uh, sure you're not actually uh, fighting anybody but uh, but you got to do it five nights a week. Pro fighters fight like twice a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just okay. That's not uh, maybe four times a year. We're talking max. like two hundred nights a week, yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah, they're on the yeah. road 250, 200, yeah. 250 somewhere in that the neck year. of the woods. Yeah, uh, four days a week, every five night, days a week. taking them big bumps, dude. Uh, it's a hard job. Uh, and I think this class will explore much the same way, the, the same social backgrounds that find their way into combat sports. These are the same people that find their way into professional wrestling. Um, not always. I mean, in both counts. I mean, you got yeah. plenty of people from various backgrounds that end up in, in both sides of things. But uh, it is a daunting and hard thing to do to put your body on the line uh, for, your, for your bread. Uh, and I think uh, there's a lot to examine through the history of wrestling. So again, Falking, uh, the wrestler fighting with my family, and maybe even Nacho Libre. Uh, there's actually a whole genre uh, of Lucha Libre films from Mexico that, yeah. like... D- are within kayfabe that accept yep. that the masked wrestlers are crime fighters. I just know that it exists. Yep. I don't really know a whole lot about it, so I'd have to. Do I it. need. You don't, to don't yeah, know. We'll talk more, more off I air. want this. Yeah, I'd have to do more homework to program that into this course. But I think uh, Rey
0: Mysterio's father or uncle is involved in some of those. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Rey Mysterio is one of my favorites. And
1: the Guerrero's. I mean, yeah, yeah. This is well, and we'll end here on the international aspects uh, because that might be the fun place to close the class. Wrestling brings people together, uh, and the funnest, clearest example of this. Is when a wrestling move becomes popular, that move keeps the name of that it had where it came from. So Japanese moves have Japanese names. Uh, Mexican wrestling moves, well, I literally raised bigger than Mexico, uh, but Central South American wrestling has Spanish names, uh, and American and English moves have English names. And that's just kind of a cool aspect of that that cross contamination, that cross pollination, uh, because wrestlers kind of move between those promotions uh, like it's nothing. And I think that's a really cool thing about pro-wrestling and maybe a good place to end this class on uh, the ways in which solidarity uh, can bring us together.
2: Very good, very good. I'm going to construct a class about late capitalism and violence because well, you know I'm into that. Um, well, and also, how can you not with this dang
1: movie? I mean, right.
2: It, 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 so it, it very much is this sort of late capitalist malaise. This movie feels very much like office space, mm-hmm. except for, instead of a copier, a very, very pretty Japanese wrestler. Same thing. <laughs> but it's i mean it's almost exactly the same kind of narrative, and we have a lot of this in the water i do, i want to suggest that sort of part of my thesis is that this is the movie that does fight club
1: right um it, yeah, I spent last year talking about how the art of self defense was the uh, the follow up uh, we needed to fight club, and it probably came ten years too late well, no it Turns out it came out the year after, and yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, just in Korea, and yeah. we,
2: did, we didn't know. Um, so sort of wrestling with the... Wrestling with... Oh, you're stuck. Word.
1: You're just going to have to do it. Keep, you're have to keep grappling. <laughs> hard style? Dialoguing.
2: Hard style Dialoguing. Hard style fighting? <laughs> <laughs> with these uh, kind of ideas And so one of the movies I want to think about With regard to this is Office Space Because I, I do think there's a strong analog To that, that sort of you know, yeah. ejected plot line Definitely. Of office, by, uh, office Space Because there, I mean, there are moments where The boss guy does sort of come off As yeah He's got I'm Gary gonna, Cole energy I'm gonna, sometimes He's got the to, same costume I'm going to mm-hmm. need you to come in Saturday uh, there, There's a strong yeah. It's, it's Gary Cole by way of Tyler Durden for sure, for yeah. sure. So I, I think that's interesting and part of the sort of cause of malaise that this is wrestling with. Now, one th- – I keep using that re- that verb. It's okay. The the thing that I want to move towards, though – so we've got Office Space, we've got uh, The Fal King, and then I want to move to 2016 and look at a French movie that I named in my top ten, probably my number two or- – Three pick uh, of 2016, Nocturama um, by uh, Bertrand Batello, uh, which is a movie about uh, a group of terrorists that are wrestling, or, you know, fighting against this uh, capitalist regime, and they're planning this act of terror, and they end up holding up a night in a mall. and I remember you me about this movie with this sort of consumerist malaise. Uh, I cannot avoid it's okay, the word. Just keep
0: doing I don't know, if it. there's a the better word for it. I, yeah,
1: well, because I, I understand why you keep going back to it. And Arthur's right; there, it is kind of the best way to describe when a film is trying to, like... Tackle an issue without giving you an answer. Yeah, well, I mean, you can only think of combative combative words, combative, yeah, yeah, because when there's no clear resolution to the idea, it is just constant conflict within the confines of the story. Right.
2: Absolutely. And so, I think Dr. Rama is is an interesting way to sort of begin to engage in dialogue with that. And uh, I thought a little bit about name dropping again Lizzie Borden's uh, Born in Flames, which also ends in a major act of violence. But I think moving it a little bit further forward and really focusing on the end of the twentieth into the 21st century as an emphasis in the class and then look at some historical documents about those uh, WTO protests in Seattle mm, yeah. of 99 and how there was this sort of very strong anti-capitalist moment that uh, got subsumed after 9-11 and the war, war on terror. What's that? Um, the war on terror? 9-11? 9-11, it's a thing. What was that? It was, uh, um, it was a significant event. Oh, that's right! It was. Oh, yeah. I swore I'd never forget. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. It, it it changed many
0: things. There was a lot of setup to get to that. Thanks.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I took a long walk for that one. I feel pretty good about it. Mercy. Uh I, I, I sh- shake my head and throw my phone at you apparently. Look,
1: you gotta laugh to keep from crying. Uh yeah, for sure. Was it a bad thing? Oh, it was terrible. Did it justify twenty years of ceaseless warfare? Fucking I know it didn't. No, it didn't. We've it did been not. wrestling with it ever since. <laughs> You're absolutely right, but though, but, but it was a conversation. Was a strong, ender. Yeah, I'm just I just started learning about this last month. There really was like a strong, like serious activism movement going on in the late '90s. That just kind of. Went just completely went away. and It, it was, and pivoted towards the anti-war movement, and that didn't really have any legs until
2: mm, six weeks ago. Six weeks ago. And now here we are 20 years later, and we're finally once again having some strong anti-capitalist, post-capitalist conversations again in our political discourse. And so just thinking about that moment yeah, they'll find another weird Reichstag. kind of time capsule, you're not wrong, and, uh, yeah, called it, that's going to be a thing. So that's where I would uh, emphasize the discussion and discourse of that course as we dialogue – with those questions. Hey, there you go. You found another
0: non-combative <laughs> verb. Uh, he pulled up the Source app on his w- phone while we were w- talking. I'm trying
1: so hard not to be pugilistic here. You're also, you're abs- <laughs> Found another one. Uh, hey, I, don't don't tell me I called that, by the way. We called Abe Vigoda. We've been right on this show before, yeah. and I don't want to be right on that one. Yeah, ma'am, you're not wrong. Uh, we'll talk about how the uh, New Jersey uh, Department of Homeland Security has officially upgraded the uh, white supremacist threat. Awesome. Couple, couple years too late for that, but uh, glad to see somebody's taking it seriously, finally. Well, I, you know... This seems like a good time to uh, put our business socks on, huh? Let's get down to business.
0: Yes!
2: Yes, indeed,
1: dear listener, and our business socks are leotards. That's right, we've started talking about capitalism, we've started talking about the war on terror, that means it's time to do analysis. That's right. Um, do you want to do the capitalist
2: stuff first? I mean, is that what we're going to start with, or we want to start with... No, uh, fuck that. Let's start with something funner. Oh, okay. uh,
1: in, let's talk about inside baseball, uh, literally and metaphorically. Like uh, workers' rights for wrestlers? Uh, no, well, oh. well yes, no. actually. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yes. That'd be good. There's yeah. a great John when Oliver we- piece. But there is, yes. but, but that is, uh, well, workers' rights for pro fighters, for that matter. The UFC mm-hmm. doesn't treat their uh, performers any better than the uh, WWE treats theirs.
0: Sorry, independent contractors.
1: Mm, that's right. Well, yeah, that's the word they like to throw around, huh? You know, like your janitors.
0: No. No, 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 no. Like your Uber driver.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I, I think this this film's fun in that it does sit in that that behind the scenes uh, of a sport you probably kind of know something yeah. about uh Moneyball is like another great example of yeah. this maybe even bull durham that's you know inside mm-hmm. baseball is always the, the common parlance over here but uh, I, I love this kind of behind the scenes type stuff whether it is uh, a sport or even something like uh, noises off which is a, a play that the first act is the front of the house the second act is the back of the house on another night they did a film adaptation with um Oh, uh, Three's Company, Eight Simple Rules, John Ritter. John Ritter. I knew I'd John get there, R.I.P. Uh, but I, I love stories that like kind of give you that, that worldview. Uh, and again, like Hollywood loves these films about movies, but yeah. I, I like movies about the sports world just because yeah. it's not a world that I like, spend a lot of time live thinking in. about. Yeah, yeah, it's not something I live in and breathe, uh, but it is something that I, I love getting to see, that, that dramatization, because it does, I think... Uh, kind of help, uh, you know, us movie dorks who, uh, you know, some of us love film too. Uh, as Dust or uh, love sports too. And Dustin's a big baseball and uh, football mm-hmm. uh, guy. Arthur's a big wrestling guy, I like combat sports. But uh, you know, I, I know people who are both, right? I mean, that's the ringer's a cottage industry of people who yeah. are both sports and film nuts. And I think these behind the scenes movies kind of show that that emotional core that does exist within athletics that I, I think gets lost sometimes. Um, So I just kind of like Talk about the structure Of that maybe Uh, The the idea of of The behind the scenes film The inside baseball movie
0: I think especially with this You know And and wrestling's not Nearly as You know We've seen a lot of Training montages Of boxers Hitting the punching bag And speed bag And running up steps And and football, a lot of Carried lot of time on the gridiron. Of wood, yeah. yeah. Uh, and wrestling doesn't really get that treatment. I mean, even in the wrestler, you've got a guy who's already established. He's been doing mm-hmm. this for. So, there's no real need to go into the. And even with uh, fighting with my family, Paige is already. I mean, she's been wrestling since she's 14. Yeah. And the film kind of picks up at that point. She's already a wrestler. She's already been trained. Yeah. And so this really does kind of dive into that element of you know the mat, using the mats to do backflips and the the giant beanbags to to do some weightlifting with an opponent and. I think it's really smart in, in doing that inside yeah. baseball to kind of establish the the work that actually goes into... The athleticism into, that yeah, is it, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: When well, it gets into the minutia of stuff like the the prop weapons, of like, well, the prop weapons are just made to look more dangerous than yeah. they are, and you got to be careful, otherwise you might hurt somebody. Might grab the
0: wrong fork. If you Bingo. get the
1: wrong fork, it goes, it goes very, wrong. very badly. That's yeah. That stab insert, by the way, while mm-hmm, we're here, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. a visual flourish that is... So singular and it's kicks so much ass. Yeah, it's and just, beautiful. Ooh, it's like it pulls be- it off perfect. It's yeah. Well, I mean, it, it did make me think of comic books and manga and anime like that. Just like it's not something you get in live action uh, in American cinema. And hey, uh, genre folks uh, over in North America, you need to be just doing
0: everything Kim Ji Woo's doing,
1: uh, especially in The Falcon. Uh, yeah, like this is just cool stuff. Sorry.
0: Well the, and the other thing that it really does is um the, the the whole plot of him becoming a wrestler is you know uh the, the promoters are looking for someone to help get their established star over yeah. and, and get him uh, a lot bigger and so they need this kind of you know essentially what's a jobber. Yeah. They're an, looking for a Yeah, they're looking for a guy that can lose. Uh, um, tomato Can. Yeah, and in contrast to like a boxing movie you know where you throw a fight and you're a despicable character and you you know you should be boot out of town, you know, but there's a wrestler's job to lose in, in certain situations. And especially in the territory days where you had guys like Andre or Hogan going around from state to state working for a few days and, you know, there were guys that are just designated to lose and they never had a shot, but they were good enough at what they did that people would buy into it, and then that's really the whole the whole crux of of what's happening here with the Falking and and uh, Song's character.
2: You've used the word jobber a couple times. Um, can you give the dear listener who is not a wrestling
1: aficionado a definition?
0: Yeah, so a jobber is just a is a professional wrestler fully trained whose entire job is just to lose and and help uh, get uh, the other guy over. Journeyman wrestlers. Yeah, uh, and a lot of. I mean, you might have a few uh, uh, Brooklyn brawlers. One of the more notorious ones on in the WWE, uh, Steve Lombardi, um, he, uh, he had the whole gimmick, but yeah, he'd come out every night and just lose, and that was his thing. Uh, WWE ran a prank against WCW for a long time with Gilbert um, <laughs> uh, at the height of the Goldberg powers. Uh, they had this 150-pound guy come out. In full Goldberg attire, uh, just to get whooped every week, as as a kind of a spit in the face to WCW, as Vince was wont to do at the time, and still at the time. Um, and so, you know, these are guys that are just paid to to lose and make the other guys look good. It's wrestling cannon fodder, dear yeah. listener.
1: That's uh, yeah, that that aspect of the Foul King is really great because it's not the 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 coach is not upset that he's having to tell his fighter to throw the match. He's upset. That he's being told all the beats of the match. Right. He's mad that he is being dictated. Fully scripted. Yeah. It's like, what? No, this is not
0: how we do things. Yeah. that is, I mean, it's very wrestling. I mean, especially in old school wrestling, you know, when guys in the 60s, 70s, 80s, they were, they may be given the result and then they would just talk the match out in the Mm -hmm. ring, uh, which is very contrasted to, especially the WWE product now. Uh, which is a lot heavier scripted. A lot of rehearsals might mm-hmm. go into a match to actually work through everything. Yeah. And televised match has got a lot yeah. of a lot of pre work. A lot of, and and you got time restrictions and things of that nature. Yeah. But uh, it's it's just a big mindset change for you know the newer school versus the older school.
2: For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I have anything more to add to that conversation. Do we want to move to another topic? Within?
1: Yeah. Well, Arthur touched on this when he he was getting it into his uh, expanding the syllabus, and uh, I, I stumbled across a. a Hey, uh, video essay on the Falcon that had fifty views. So wow, yeah. Uh, here's a little boost. There's hopefully. not a lot out there for this. I didn't no. look on
0: YouTube, but just Google searching it was hard to find articles. Uh, uh, yeah, I, fe- I found a review from Variety from the time it was released. Oh, and what did Variety uh, think? They're pretty positive on it. Okay. I think they watched it at Con mm, and reviewed that makes it sense. then. Um, and then there was one from A.O. Scott for New York Times, but I couldn't read it because it was behind the paywall. <laughs> so that was Uh
1: Oh, oh, failing New York Times. Uh, good luck. Uh so yeah, this this uh the the channel if you're interested is uh Will Gottsigen uh, that's G O T T S E G E N. Want to give credit since uh you know, 50 views. Let's go bump them up. Yeah. But it's this dude Will and Tom uh talking about the Foul King, and and they do get into uh a little bit of well they they, they end on a, a freeze frame of uh one of them holding a copy of Simulacra Simulation. So they mm. get into the beaudrillard, but uh, to Arthur's and uh, his expanding the syllabus they do kind of get into the multiple layers of reality going on within the Foul King, not just uh, the the wrestling itself and the fighting itself, uh, but the magical realism going on, but also you know when the fork gets swapped out on accident. We've known in the audience for a while that the fork yeah. is real, but it is another layer of realness and, and hyper reality within the simulation because that's what yeah. that's why nobody watches. Uh, again, their kind of uh, thesis that they were getting at was, look, this is why nobody watches Olympic wrestling. Like that's why. Pro wrestling is what people watch when they watch wrestling because sometimes the simulation, the hyper real version, is just cooler than the real thing. Uh, And that's true. Look, I've seen some, some boring... Uh, MMA fights Uh, You take a guy to the mat for three minutes and nothing's really happening Hey, my son was in wrestling for a little while and it's just some sweaty little teenage boys hugging Without the right rules it goes on forever I mean, we've talked about this off-air recently, actually uh, but uh, one of the early UFCs with uh, Hoist Gracie and um, I think it was Ken Shamrock I can't remember The point is this is before they stood people up uh, at any point So yeah, if you have somebody who's a really good grappler and somebody who knows how to keep themselves safe from a grappler you just have two people rolling around on the ground for. An indefinite amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not that exciting. What is exciting is chair shots. Yeah. A- and sometimes... Or at... lighting the table on fire and then throwing them through the table. Yeah,
0: exactly. I doing mean... a David and Goliath story and cheering for the underdog and doing that whole bit. Or
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's literally... Yeah. The, the, the whole pastiche that is The, the Foul King is, is so much like name-checking sports films and then very much still trying to do its own thing yeah uh, and then again the, another highlight of that video that is worth mentioning just for talking about the Fal King uh, is the, the the place pastiche occupies between uh, just uh, doing a trope and parodying a trope it is it is a very tricky middle ground and we've talked about on the show before but uh, I think the foul King does it to great effect and I, I think especially when talking about pro wrestling, you kind of have to go that route because, as, as Arthur said, it is very much embodied of a traditional sports story, but it is its own kind of discreet thing. For sure, for sure.
0: Um. Yeah, so. Uh, I have no further thoughts on that. I mean, and Dustin, I kind of talked about this off air before you got here. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just kind of a thin movie. I mean, mm-hmm. We're not culturally tuned into what's going on in Korea, especially in 2000. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. Uh so I guess that
1: that does mean it is time for us to pivot to the uh, the big e on the i chart. Let's talk about uh economic stuff, uh yeah, so um yeah, song kang Ho is very sad, yeah,
2: yeah, he really doesn't like working at that bank because that job like alienates him from like his very self,
1: right, yeah, man, it's almost like uh if you do labor for somebody and then they like m- keep all the money that you generate for them. It yeah, it makes you
2: sad. It, it makes you sad, and it's like it's like it's. Uh, but he can't quit because it's like this form of like like chattel servitude. It's almost like wage slavery or something.
1: Yeah, man. Are yeah. we the first people to have this idea? Has anybody written about this? Um, probably not. Nah, nah, nah. I look. I, we're having fun bantering right now, but I mean, it is kind of the long and the short of it. But uh, the stuff that's interesting that this film gets into this is something that I'm only vaguely aware of, so I'm going to tread very lightly. Uh, but I, uh, you know, the the business culture. Uh, it, it, Both in this, this country, uh, but in, it's been a famous part of South Korean and Japanese business culture for a longer time, is this idea of, like, mandatory fun, And it's a thing that it feels like only the, the Silicon Valley technocrat era of our economy has, like, infected the rest of the workplace with. Uh, but it's something that uh, other parts of the world have been dealing with longer. But this idea that your boss, like, controls your personal life, like – it is made very clear that the sushi dinner uh in Fowl king is not is not optional, optional. Yeah. and the drinks that they're going out for to like smooth over the big fight that they just had uh in the workplace yeah that doesn't really seem super optional either yeah uh, no. and it's very uh, unfortunate uh to like see these tiny tyrants because i'm going to need you to come in on saturday there it is the, the the small tyrants the the tiny uh uh, death by a thousand indiscretions and a, a thousand, uh, uh, microaggressions that, uh, workers have to deal with. What was
2: the phrase I read the other day? A small person with a big job is, describes most managers. Napoleon
1: complex. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've been punched in the dick by a manager at a restaurant before. Uh, that's just a thing that happens. Uh... The world's a weird place, yeah. man, and when you give people like uh, their own little fiefdom to rule over uh, that people rely on to continue to be able to eat, uh, it makes power dynamics get weird fast. Like We can talk about Stanley Milgram if you want, but we don't really need to, I don't think.
2: Well, what I like what the movie's doing here is it is suggesting that there may be some place for violence in that role of resistance to that, but it does not go the route of your fight clubs or of your even your office spaces where you beat up an Epson printer,
1: I guess, or whatever it is mm-hmm. that they, they they beat up a Xerox. Well, machine. it goes the uh, "sorry to bother you" route of, of recognizing that like the violence is only going to get you so far. Like the thing that you, the only thing that you can be responsible for is like personal authenticity.
2: Well, I well I think it even suggests further that. The self sort of um what's the word I'm looking for Uh, the 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 valve release this sort of just you know you Mm. blow off your own steam with violence you make your fight club Mm. or you you know you join a wrestling ring or whatever only has a certain degree of relief and even then if the power structures remain as they are you find that that violence isn't enough and you stumble. At the end, uh, that last shot of that particular fight scene—that uh, does not happen at the end of the movie. The confrontation that we all with want the boss. with the big yeah. boss, yeah. and that he stumbles yeah. there because, really, truly, even if he beat that dude up, it's nothing solved exactly. And so, I, I do like how it sort of, you know, is is cheeky towards yeah. the, that that sort of reaction. Yeah. But it, it, I don't think it evacuates the value of some form of resistance entirely.
1: Well, it brings back the magical realism that Arthur talked about the film kind of, you know, in your in your review, you mentioned the film kind of loses it, and that those closing moments do kind of bring that back in, yeah. where the film's like, mm, hey, uh, we don't have to do a traditional uh, narrative ending here because you don't have to do that all the time. And it yeah. j- does just kind of like let it go out on an ellipses, which I really like. And, and to your point, Dustin, it uses that ellipses to, I think, great effect. I hadn't even thought about, uh, I was still kind of like wrestling with wh- what I thought about the kind of uh, fade out of an ending that's like the final six minutes or so of this film and uh yeah I really I, I like that read uh, of him stumbling in his imagined fight with his boss yeah it just, it's not enough no it's just not enough but the thing that is enough is uh wholeheartedly dedicating yourself to something that does actually uh i don't know get get you going mm-hmm. which is what uh you know song kang ho's character has at the end of this film he has the admiration and respect of the people he works with in the ring, um, because he did his job and he did it very well, uh, because he cared. He actually gave a shit about something for once. Uh, Whoa, it's weird how that happens, huh?
2: Yeah. Uh, Other thoughts before we render a verdict? No, I feel like it's
1: time to land this plane. Okay,
2: I do have a wrestling question, though, Arthur. Okay, so one of the major moments of this film is that in that, uh, you know, throne fight that he's working as a jobber at, is that they both get angry for real. Yeah. And the fight gets for real. Is this a thing that
0: happens? Do we? Oh, most definitely. Okay. Can you
2: you tell me about, and can regale me with an incident or a story or something about this? Yeah.
0: The the concept is called a receipt. Um, Okay. And so sometimes in a wrestling match, uh, a, a, a guy might get a little too, what they call stiff where they're actually landing their punches or landing their kicks or dropping you a little too hard.
1: Not helping you get dropped,
0: yeah. yeah. Or you are not know, taking care of you or not, you know, doing what you need to be doing to tell the story right. And so sometimes uh, a wrestler would be uh known for popping them back just to to prove a point and kind of asserting their dominance again to be like, "Hey, this we're not messing around." I was actually just I don't know if you've ever watched the YouTube series Hot Ones. Uh, oh, yeah. The interview show, uh, there, I watched the one with, uh, I think it was the one with Steve Austin, or, or maybe Chris Jericho. Um, but one of them Chris got, Jericho
1: one is very good. Yeah,
0: but one of them got into the idea of receipts, and they were talking about, I think it was Austin, he was saying he had a match, and the guy was either punching him too hard or was doing something off, and, and finally Steve just like like popped him in the jaw or something in the match to be like, hey, look, let's do it. I ain't messing around. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I mean, that's a pretty... Uh, Uh, Stories about uh, Farouk from the Nation of Domination doing this with a guy named Ahmed Johnson. Uh, It's pretty notorious uh, to see this happen. And you have guys like, uh, uh, to Dalton's point, the strong style, and you have guys, a lot of European uh, wrestlers usually work out what's called the stiffer style uh, where they're hitting a lot harder, uh, and they like to kind of do that fight thing. They they put a little more oomph on it. And so sometimes they'll get in a ring with another guy who's got that same mindset, and they'll they'll lay in a little more. Uh, Daniel Bryan uh, likes to hit pretty hard, and so there was a match where he was uh going back and forth with a guy on some chops and by the time they were done his chest was red and bleeding wow you know so i mean there's that that concept of sometimes it gets a little little hot under the under the mask if you will and uh you uh you got to get your receipt yeah Sorry. well yeah you, you, I, I like that concept there's getting a, receipts. there's a
1: couple of famous ones, and I, I can't i don't know the the history well enough, Arthur. I was hoping you did I know there's a couple of famous ones where yeah, like a receipt turned into another receipt, turned into a third receipt, which turned into' a
0: notorious i I know there was a match uh with Goldberg and William Regal, mm. and I think I that's uh, what I'm thinking of. William Regal kind of Goldberg was especially early on because he was real green uh, mm-hmm. when he got brought up. Um, he just was—he didn't have the, the the work in the ring. Like he just wasn't good and yeah. wasn't well equipped. He worked short matches.
1: He was an athlete from being yeah, a football player, but yeah, yeah
0: wasn't wrestler yet. I mean, he hit three moves and he was done. So I mean, two minute max. And, and he, I think, was supposed to go a little longer with William Regal, and Regal was trying to do some stuff with him that he wasn't prepared for, and I think he started getting flustered, and they kind of had some some addits. And there's a there's an instance where. uh uh, Jeff Hardy showed up intoxicated to a match with Sting, Whoa. and Sting got a little uh, peeved uh, and, yeah. and tuned him up. Ended it in about ninety seconds and, and took his championship from him. Uh, and so uh, it's pretty notorious. That one's that one's. That was like an uns- that, the script changed on yeah. that moment. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah, it, it was you, pretty bad.
1: Yeah, but say so you change uh, a Vince McMahon uh, script, you just change like the next three months so. uh, that have been written out. Yeah.
2: Okay. Last wrestling lore question: um, When Jake the Snake Roberts unleashes the King Cobra on Macho <laughs> Man Randy Savage. Is that like a Defang Cobra? I got to know. Like, I don't know if... Because, I mean, Macho Man did not die then. He did, did he have a Cobra or did he have a... It was a King Cobra.
1: Okay.
0: He had to be defanged. It bit
2: him, like, on the arm. Yeah, and, I would like, imagine. I, I saw defanged. that because that's yeah. what I used or had to his venom it.
1: sacs removed. There's something, yeah. yeah. I don't know this story. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. the, the, the uh,
2: Unleashed a King Cobra in the ring, and it bit Randy yeah. Savage on the bicep.
1: Yeah. You guys, what's the... Hey, let's go go out on one fun thing for our listeners who don't watch wrestling. Arthur, what's the? who's the guy that does the, the dick flip? You know what I'm talking uh, Joey about, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan, Joey yeah. Ryan rules. Uh, look up Joey Ryan if you're not into Corn wrestling, flex. listener. Yeah. yeah,
2: there's a Brazilian wrestler who's a Michael Jackson impersonator. He moonwalks while he has you in a headlock. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. great, great. That's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, the there's also uh, the whole fun we haven't even talked about the fun world of indie stuff. There's yeah, all, you got Austin, Orange Texas Cassidy has a, a big one. Orange Cassidy, I don't know about that. You don't
0: know Orange Cassidy? No, nah. I, I thought you'd see it. So Orange Cassidy's just I thought that uh, was your stripper name. No, he's uh, just real, real chill. Uh, mm-hmm. He wears sunglasses and keeps his hands in his pockets. You did show me Orange yeah. Cassidy and he'll yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. just come in and do some real sleepy time moves. I, I was watching a match with him recently where uh he uh got put in a sleeper and actually went to sleep. And so uh he kept trying to get pinned. Uh, his opponent would have pin him and he would like turn over in his sleep God. to kick out. <laughs> and yeah, so eventually his opponent like told the the crowd to hush and he went out and he uh he found a pillow and blanket under the uh under the ring. Yeah he went back in and like put it under Orange's head and, and Tried to pin him again, and as the ref was counting two, he stopped, and he sneezed and woke up. Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy kicked <laughs> up and went to town uh, on Beautiful. his opponent. So I love yeah, it. I mean, it, as it,
1: with cinema, the indie world is informing the mainstream it's world. It's really of embracing what he's to a, do. a
0: different sensibility of of, of previous times. Like you got guys like the Young Bucks. and You got Kenny Omega, who just really changed the landscape of, especially American wrestling. I think in oh, yeah. of ways. So.
2: Cool wrestling is fun, all right, so let's run a verdict on the foul king, which has again nothing to do with birds. um what do you say um shelf or trash for the foul 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 king the foul king Dalton Stewart? I give the
1: foul king uh, five out of five chair shots. I don't know <laughs> uh, the foul king is extremely good. you should watch it uh yeah i th- it has inspired me to get deeper into Kim Jong-un's filmography uh. Because of the good, the bad, and the weird, and a tale of two sisters, and I saw the devil are all uh, acclaimed as ma- yeah. uh, masterpieces in their yeah. own time. Uh, you got you got to catch up with this movie. It's it's really fun. Uh, there's just not a whole whole lot of, uh, out there like it.
2: Very good, very good. What do you say, Arthur?
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to shelf it just on the pretense that there aren't that many good wrestling films, yeah. and it's definitely up there as as a great example of that, and just that behind. Uh, You know, behind the scenes thing you were talking about, and that you know, inside baseball element of it, and so I really appreciate that about it. And so
2: I'm going to shelf it also because, as I've been saying all episode, it is the movie that got Fight Club right, and I like it very, very much. It just wrestles with a lot. It does indeed seem to grapple with some issues that are, you know, that they're just within striking distance of what could.
1: (laughs) <laughs> you want to keep going? Oh, yeah. No, I was waiting for you to stop laughing. You know, it's really funny when a film comes along and just punches you right in the face yeah. and tells you... All right. I gonna, mean, you know, it, it
2: suplexes something that's very <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Moving right along. Well, that's the show. <laughs> that is the Thanks show. Thanks for coming out. We're glad we did it. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for putting it in your ears. What's next, Arthur? Well, there
0: is another verse of song of praise uh, next week. We're going to be looking at Park Shin uh first part of the Vengeance trilogy, as we watch Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Ooh, praise Ooh, that.
2: Praise that indeed. So you keep watching. We'll keep talking. We'll see you all next time.